This Week in Sparkling Water. My name is Iwaki Maxson, and I'm the host of This Week in Sparkling Water, and we're on the road. We're in Mexico, bro. One of the... Something... Okay, let me start here. Something that I really enjoy about the podcast and traveling is not finding... I mean, sure, I enjoy it too. Finding weird sparkling waters in other countries and places. Sure, that's fun. But the best part is living... Staying at a hotel and... Building a podcast studio. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> because what you need for a podcast studio, you need like padding. You need to create a space that doesn't have any flat, unpadded, parallel walls that create an echo. So you need like infinite blankets. And it's a hotel, so they'll give you infinite blankets. Because you can just say you're cold and they give you more blankets. So I'm in this like blanketed thing but it's probably still not very good because there's the biggest there's the most disgusting sized fridge in this little studio um hotel room it's so big because i'm in a resort that only that very heavily caters to americans and a very specific type of resort american big overlap just imagine a a cruise ship American and, and you're, you're pretty much there. That's pretty much the type of American we're dealing with here. Seniors and uh, the seniors and the unhealthy. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'm in Mexico. It's, it's, um, it's funny. There's this pattern of how whenever I do something, uh, that seems interesting, that seems like it should be interesting. It's never the thing that creates a lot of material for the podcast like going to mexico seems like it would um create some stories but really last episode where i was literally the part where i was going to the airport that i could have that episode last episode was two and a half hours and i could have kept going like i there was so much stuff that was going on anyway Okay, I will now try to talk about what's bothering me because that's what the podcast is supposed to be. It's supposed to be self-therapy and Dr. Huber taught me that a good one of the good places to start is to just be like, right now in this moment and in recent past, what's bothering you? And I think what's bothering me, it, one thing, actually one thing that's bothering me right now as of tonight is the political stuff. I'm on vacation with four family members. Their, their politics is all different. It's all right wing, but they're all different people. One is a young middle-aged white lady. One is a young middle-aged Mexican guy. And one is an old white guy. And one is an old Mexican lady. And because of their different demographics, It's that makes it a lot harder because with each type, you have to come up with a new way to calm yourself after hearing them say something horrible. Like with with my old ass white guy uncle, I'm just like, eh, you know, he doesn't get it and he's so fucking old. So maybe it's okay that he thinks that it's horrible that we take down the racist statues. You know, you know what I just meant there. Man, I think I fucked that sentence up, but whatever. And then like... Anyone who's a little bit brown, you can say more, you can say shit that's more fucked up. But it's also fascinating how there's this other pattern 
in my look there's patterns upon patterns here because on the one hand i i'm dealing with this one issue of i'm always asking myself if i should avoid people like that i disagree with and i don't know what the answer is because on the one hand i just feel like a bad person being part of stuff with bad people and then on the other hand i feel like we cannot reject people and we have to engage with people if we want to maintain any sort of cohesion and then on top of that layer when i'm on top of that pattern there's this other pattern of so i'm in these groups of people where i don't agree with anyone and then there's white people saying the horrible shit and there's like non-white people saying the horrible shit and i'm finding myself having to come up with different ways to calm myself down with the different people saying it but there's also this pattern of the non-white people have a slightly different way of saying horrible stuff because they just there is a thing that they get that they understand there's a thing of you just understand like how shit sucks sometimes and like like i i thought about this with Javi so much where like we would hang out with all these like weird alt right bros and Javi would l- play along and stuff but there would there would always be this like he could say those things and he could like be talk about how the government is like out to get you because they want you to get vaccinated and Obama sending the immigrants to fucking rape you and everything but there was just there there was always this pain to Javi in those moments because as much as he agrees with the conclusion the path of how you get there when the brown right winger builds a bridge with the white right winger there's something in the heart of the brown person where they have to ignore a certain pain and a certain like thing of how it hurts their feelings fuck i believe that i do it's true not all the time but some of the time so it's like my buddy down here you know my my cousin basically it's like he's this mexican guy and we don't agree about anything like he he's an american citizen he lives in canada he's such a fucking good guy and we don't agree on almost anything political but but there's just like a recognition of something of how it's not all good and it's just a little bit different than this nonsense when the white white right wingers are like hey it's getting a little bit ridiculous that's what all this woke stuff the indigenous people have a day now that's the one that got to me the indigenous people they have a day now it's like why do they have a day it's getting a little bit they have a national holiday and the kids get that day off from school it's getting ridiculous and it's that got to me and it, the thing is the whole week i've had this thing going where i sit and we have dinner and we talk about all kinds of things and then politics comes up and i just sit with it and i just sit and i have opinions but i don't even form my opinions because i'm not going to say them and i just listen and if i engage because i've tried to engage in the past if i engage and start to pick apart what they're saying it just reveals another 10 layers of reasons for backing up their thing so it just gives it so much more fuel whereas if i don't say anything at all and i just look there's five of us it's not like i have to say something you know 
Like I can just be quiet. There's four people talking already. And if I'm quiet, they all agree with each other. And it very quickly always runs out of steam, which is actually kind of interesting. And then I do that and it works quite well. And I just sit with my feelings and I, and I allow my feeling of being annoyed and upset. I allowed it to, I allow it to, I just hold the feeling and I notice the feeling and I let the feeling just fade from my heart. And I'm just there with them. And, and I, just take my own lesson, take my own advice of like how the point that what I would like for my uncle to do, for example, is to just don't watch so much fucking TV and don't think about politics so fucking much because it's not making you feel good. It's fucking horrible. It's putting you in a very uncomfortable mental state. And so I just take that lesson and I'm just like, look, it's like we're just human beings walking through earth and it's not like these people are actually being mean to people in the sort of like they vote in a way that's ruining the world. But in the day to day, it's not like anyone's actually saying, it's not like these politics are just making anyone say something mean to your fellow man in the, in reality. It's all very abstract, you know? So this whole week I've been good with it and I haven't had a single political conversation. N no dialogue has been had. It's only been a topic comes up, you know, and it's like the most, and it's a lot of stuff that's very theoretical. That's easy for me to, I get frustrated and then I just let it go. And it's like, Jesse Smollett is a piece of shit. Black lives matter. They never did anything good. They just built mansions for themselves with all those donations. And, you know, Governor Newsom and Governor Newsom and Nancy Pelosi, they're siblings and fucking, you know, everyone's related in the conspiracy theory, right wing mind. It's like, Justin Trudeau is the son of Fidel Castro <laughs> or some shit. Like, that's the conversation they had today. It's like, bro, that's probably not true, though, right? Like, isn't that a little bit much for that to be true? But anyway, all that's so th theoretical and meaningless. And then the one that got to me was like, tonight, it's our last night, we're having dinner, and they started talking about the natives and the... It was, it was too much at once because it was, it was, it was the white lady and it's just harder when a white person says it. I'm just that type of liberal where it just, I just, I just, it makes me feel bad because like she's such a nice person and I, I want to be her friend and I just want to connect with people and I want to feel good and I want to feel like we're on the same page. And then she just says things like, the woke stuff is getting ridiculous and the fucking, and she goes through how the Native Americans have had all these different names. Like, first we call them Indians and then we call them Eskimos and then we call them Natives or Native Americans and now we have to call them First Nations. And it's like, okay. And then it's like this thing of how they, now, now they have their own day and her three sons or something, they have to learn about it in school. And my uncle's like, yeah, they want to erase history. Critical race theory. But it's like, bro, it was so hard for me to hear that from two white people after, after that thing of how I, I talked about it in the last episode, how I, last week I just randomly ended up in the Native American Museum in Sacramento and some not busy Native American gal just told me about some stuff they have in the museum and then talked about her own family and her ancestors and how 
90% of her family was killed in a big massacre like three generations ago. And there's just a couple of them left. And, and the people who murdered them then took over the town and renamed the town after himself. And the town is still called Kelseyville. And it's like, it's just so, that just hurts for her. And it's so like, it doesn't hurt for a stupid reason. It hurts for a real reason. And it's like, it's just so hard for me to have that experience so recently. And then to have to listen to white people who are like, these fucking natives, they, they get their own day now. It's like, how much do you... How how much, like, what kind of sacrifice is it for you that the natives get get a day? Like, what, what, how much, what does that take away from you? Does that take something big away from you, you know? But I didn't say anything, and I didn't say anything at all. But it hurt my, it hurt me more than the other things. It just broke my heart. And then I feel like, then I feel like I don't want to be friends with these people. But that's probably wrong. That's probably wrong. I don't know. Should we not be friends with people? Should I tell her that she can't come visit me in Grass Valley? No. That's not the solution. But then also, also it's like, so I'm doing this new thing of not engaging with it at all and just letting it run out of fuel. But it's like, I'm not convincing anyone, but no one ever convinces anyone. So what is the solution there? I don't know. But I think the solution is something that's almost a little bit like the AA thing of how if you want someone to be sober, you don't tell them, hey, stop drinking and you know, it's hurting you like this and it's hurting you like this and it's hurting you like this and it's ruining your life like this and all people, all your friends want to abandon you like this. Instead, you just lead by example. You can come up to them and you can talk about your own experience and you can be like, I used to drink so much and my life used to be so shitty. And you just talk about it in terms of yourself. And that is like a non-conflict way of sharing and actually giving information on the topic. And over time, the idea is that if you make the I statement and if you don't turn it into a conflict, the conflict activates all these very defensive dug-in parts of the brain, whereas I statements engage, it, you engage with it in a more listening way. You listen. Someone is telling you their story. Someone's sharing their experience of strength and hope, you know? Oh, God. So what do I, how do I apply that to politics with my family? Like, do I talk about, I don't know. And here's the thing. These are not bad people. They don't want to hurt anyone. And when, when they're like, oh, yeah, it's getting ridiculous now that, the indigenous people have their own day and my sons have to learn about it in school. It's like, maybe it is getting ridiculous. I, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like in Canada in the schools. Like maybe, cause it's such a, like, yes, the schools should teach you about this and teach the real history of horrible things that happen. But it's also a very difficult thing to teach correctly because you don't, I, I, I sympathize with these 
begrudged, you know, these offended whites in the sense that I don't think it's helpful to have like 14 year olds in school where all the white kids have to feel like victims like they did something or not victims where they have to feel like perpetrators like they did something wrong. Because it's like they clearly didn't do anything wrong. They're 14 living in 2022. You know, like they should be made to understand that there's a certain sense of like painful history without it being a thing where you're really pointing fingers. And that's a very, like, that's a very difficult line to walk. And each individual teacher has to walk that line on their own. And I'm sure that comes out shitty a lot of times. And it's like, maybe it comes out shitty and maybe I should be sympathetic to that. And maybe the way that, you know, God damn it. Maybe they have a point. I don't know. I just know that it's like so fucking sad that Kelseyville is still called Kelseyville. And it's like, oh God, it hurts my brain. I don't know what the solution is. Anyway, let's drink water. So we're in Mexico. I found four sparkling waters. Scarch. I think this is called scarch. Like what a weird word. Get the sparkle, keep the taste. S-K-A-R-C-H. Weird. Oh, that's so fucking good. It's like so hot and humid here. And sparkling water is so good around here. Yeah, that's an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, I did a bunch of stuff this week. I don't know that it's like interesting to talk about what you did on vacation. First day we went, we rented a boat and went out and went fishing and we caught like 10 fish. And then that night I, it was actually, we caught a bunch of fish and then the captain just like without asking just started like filleting the fish and then chopped up a bunch of onion and like avocado and different spices and limes and made a ceviche on the boat. So we just like had Spanish mackerel ceviche on the boat on a tostada. That was kind of dope. And then we had so much fish because we caught 10 big, big ones. Finally got some fucking Joachim with a fish photos for the dating profile. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Is that funny? Uh, so I cooked it. I caught fish same day I cooked it, like a, like a real man. And then the next day I wasn't a man because the next day I went to Starbucks and this made an impression on me. This is a weird story. It's got backdoor bragging in there, but I have to tell the story anyway. I go to Starbucks, I get a coffee, and the guy doesn't speak very good English, but the other guy who's helping the other person, he speaks good English. And the guy asks me if I want to donate to a children's fund. And I'm like, sure. And he's like struggling to ask me how much. And so he brings his other guy in and they, it just gets really confusing because I don't care. Like I'll donate whatever, you know, tell me to donate 50 bucks. I'm just feeling not, I'm just feeling emasculated and I'm feeling, I don't know. Why am I feeling emasculated? I was just feeling like whatever. I'm at a resort. I feel guilty. I feel a lot of white guilt about being here. So if you tell me I need to donate a hundred bucks right now, I will. But, um, 
So this guy wanders into the conversation and all three of us are talking at the same time and it gets really confusing. And then one of the guys is just saying numbers. He's saying like 10 pesos or like 100 pesos is $5. 10 pesos is 50 cents. And he's just saying stuff like that, <laughs> just listing off different numbers. And I just kept being like 25, 5, 100. And it was never clear what I was talking, which currency I was talking about. So it was, became completely unclear. So we, in the end, we, we somehow landed on like, okay, $25. And they were like, $25? And they thought it was a lot. And I was like, yeah, I want to donate $25 to the children's fund. And then here's the horrible thing. It turned out that there was a set amount for how much you should. And you needed the government swipe, no, not the government. You needed the manager swipe card to add more than one. So he could add the donation and then he had to do this manager swipe card to add it again and then manager swipe card to add it again. So it held up the entire Starbucks had to wait because they had to add donations to my thing increments of like 20 cents USD. You know what I mean? So we're just all waiting and a massive line is building up behind me. <laughs> and they're just swiping the card, pressing the button, swiping the card, pressing the button, swiping the card, pressing the button, trying to get to $25 USD. <laughs> it was so good because it was like everyone's just standing there waiting for the white guy to donate to feel good about himself. <laughs> like such a shitty situation, like such a complicated, like I just wanted to die and I couldn't, I hadn't paid yet. Because he was ringing me up. So I couldn't leave. And they weren't making coffee. And they weren't helping other guests. And ever and a massive line formed behind me. And it's like, swipe a card, press a button. Swipe a card, press a button. And he probably had to do it 40 times or something. And then finally, and we no one said anything while he was doing it. So I'm just in my head, just thinking about different permutations of what kind of emotions do the people behind me have about me? Like, like there are so many ways to hate me in this moment. And I'm just trying to come up with all the different ones. Virtue signaling, motherfucker, I need to go. People stressed out, people, or people not understanding what happened. It, like in the back of the line, I'm sure they don't even understand what happened. And that they just feel like I'm like one of those annoying customers that just holds up the register forever. Like being the guy who holds up the register forever when there's a long line is one of the most like sorry things that there are in the whole universe. You know what I mean? So and then no one – the two guys at the register, they didn't say anything while we're swiping, pressing the button. And then when we got to the number, he was like, okay. And then he just took my card and I paid. And I just like, oh, God. Just note to self, never donate to anything ever again. Oh, whatever the opposite of an anonymous don donation is. It was like, my donation is so un un anonymous that it's really in everyone's face. But uh, yeah, that's something that happened. And then I had this one experience where we go to like a party at the resort and it was just like the TV show um, White Lotus where they're at a fancy resort and all the fancy families get to see like the native Hawaiians do a dance, like a traditional dance. And it's all very like – the White Lotus was an incredible show, but the one thing it did in a, in a sort of – it wasn't subtle. 
it was a little bit too much was how it was trying to drive home like a point about racism and, you know, fucking wealth equality or some shit. And like how we treat the Hawaiian natives. And like, God damn it, dude. In the show, this like rich family is watching these um, people who don't really have a lot of money do their native dance. And then he tipped them a little bit of money. And then I'm here at this resort and I, we walk in and everyone gets a free drink. There was so much, there, it wasn't just the politics stuff. It was the drinking with the politics stuff that was really tough because everyone's constantly day drinking and then getting quite sloshed in the evening. And then I'm over here like sober Sally. And you're with like four Republicans are drinking, trying to like drunkenly recreate some fucking thing they heard on Fox News. And you just sit there and it's like, oh, God. And so we walk into this show and everyone gets a free drink. And I'm like, no, I don't want a free drink. And everyone gets a raffle ticket because there's like a lot of bingo and a lot of raffles. So we sit down and then we watch these body painted, like really fucking normie looking Mexican people do like a really fucking Mayan Aztec fucking dance. And it's like so, I don't know. I just had this like really disembodied moment where it's like, there's so much white guilt here just sitting here watching these poor people do this like really fake version of something that like maybe one of them is a little bit related to and they do it with this like probably this great sense of loss of history and it's like so fucking fake and horrible because really they just had like a weird lantern that they were jumping around a fire and I'm sitting there I'm just like trying to like fall back in a sort of meditative state of just observing my own consciousness as my consciousness reacts to the horrible feelings of being in the space. And also like the horrible feelings are mixed with how I should be grateful for being here because it's like a beautiful place. And my uncle is so fucking generous and he bought me a fucking first class flight down here. He got me a room for free. He's just paying for dinner every night. He's like being so incredibly generous and he's such a good guy and he's not that rich and he's just like being very generous. And I should really try to enjoy it is how you i don't know there are many ways how do we accept gifts gracefully well one thing is you don't fucking complain the whole time about some fake ass mayan dance fucking show at the resort you know so i don't complain in any way but i sit there and i have these like conflicting feelings of how bad I feel in that moment and how I should just feel grateful and how everything should be so good. And I'm having this like disembodied thing where I'm just trying to let all these feelings melt away from me. And then the dance ends and this guy comes up on stage and he, and everyone has a raffle ticket and there's like five numbers on it. And he starts saying the numbers in Spanish. And I'm like, I've never studied Spanish. I don't know, but I've picked up like 30 words while I'm here, you know, cause it's, I think languages are fun. So he's saying the numbers. And I've worked in a restaurant, you know, so I've heard the numbers. Um, and he reads the numbers out loud, and it's like, I won. So I'm sitting there, and it's like de depersonified, de state of complete derealization, where I'm just like, I'm not even here, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, he's saying my, he said my numbers in Spanish, and in my head, I'm like, 
my Spanish must not be very good because my Spanish just like changed what I heard for each number to be what's on this piece of paper. Like reality warped, which is like one of the softest forms of reality warping, I think. Like if you read, if you have a, a sentence of text in front of you and then someone reads that same sentence into your ear, but they change one word, your brain will just correct for it and just be like, ah, you probably heard what's on the piece of paper. You know, because our brain just wants one coherent narrative or whatever. So I'm like, oh, my brain just like made me hear what's on my slip. But then I, I won. It was mine. And I was like, I can't, I fucking can't go up on the stage right now. I'm like... I ain't feeling this. So I like give it to my, to my cousin and he's like, such a good guy. This like guy is such a good guy. And he doesn't have a shirt on and he's kind of wasted and he just goes up on the stage with his arms up. He's just so sunburned. <laughs> and I love this guy, dude. He is such a good guy. I got to go visit him in Mexico. I mean, in Mexico, in Canada. And then I want a free dinner. Well, he won it because I didn't want to fucking go up on stage. So it, it, it ended up in his name, right? So, um, so then like two days later or whatever, we go to this restaurant and it's a free dinner. It's like an all you can eat thing and it's like Mexican food and it's really not very good. But here's what happened. I discovered mariachi. Like, Mariachi bands have such a bad reputation in America, so I thought they were so shitty. Because it's like, I don't know, in popular culture, it's portrayed as this thing as like, like maybe you're in a mall and there's like four guys and they don't play music very well and it's like very noisy. It's like portrayed as this extremely noisy, annoying thing. And that's maybe true in those situations. But then here, it was like this thing where... You're in a restaurant and 15 people show up and they're dressed beautifully in like this incredibly tasteful outfit of like tan brown pants with this like incredible interesting patterns on them and white shirts, like no color, just different variety of white and gray. The whole outfit is just different variety of white and gray and they look so clean and crisp. And then... They are all like clearly like symphony trained real musicians. So there's like four people on violin, three people on trumpet, three sizes of guitar. <laughs> one is like a mandolin, I guess. It's small. One is a regular size guitar. And then one that's like a comically large guitar <laughs> with like a little Mexican guy on it. So he cannot reach around it properly. So he's kind of having it like a lay down harp in front of him, flat in front of him because it's too big for him. And then, I don't know, I think, yeah, it's trumpets, it's violin, and it's like guitars and singing. And it's like, they, it was so beautiful. And they sing these like beautiful songs about Mexico and like these patriotic romantic songs. And they're, it's folk music. So everyone in the restaurant knows the words. So they wander around the restaurant. It's just like really tactile close to you experience where like they wander around the restaurant they literally stand in your section of the restaurant spelling out like this beautiful just like violin played so intensely with such intensity and then like this guy singing a love song and everyone in the restaurant chiming in on every three bars 
Like, I found it to be incredibly beautiful. I think I'm going to try to go home and listen to it on Spotify. But here's what happened that was, that was like something I, I've been thinking about. There was a woman there and she stood right next to our table and she was like young, probably like mid twenties. And she had this like perfect makeup and she was kind of like tall and broad shoulders and she just looked really powerful and she played the violin so beautifully and she danced beautifully and like she had this incredibly strong deep voice and she sang so beautifully and then they play and we were all like taken aback because we because even my uncle racist ass old white guy he's like god damn it this fucking mariachi shit it's gonna come in here and he was so not into it and then we all he almost started crying he was like it that was so beautiful they were singing about mexico and then as they leave our section of the restaurant i'm just like wow i think i'm in love with that girl is what i said because it's a funny thing to say and they really it's like this this is this is what i wanted to talk about because she had this like really magnetic quality to her and everyone could see and feel that but like they are not i don't know single dudes in i don't know it's like <laughs> you know i don't know is this something everyone has experienced like when you're with your family and your family is like, oh, you got a girlfriend? It, that's such an interesting dynamic because there are so many different directions you can take it. Like you can, you can just own it or you can be destroyed by it. You can be super, your, your, your face can get red and you can be super, have a shame reaction and be super embarrassed when they make fun of you for having a girlfriend. And then they kept bringing it up afterwards and being like, wow, are you going to, you going to dream about that girl all night? And then I'm a grown man now. And I'm like, I think a lot of this can be solved with confidence and just being like, yep, I'm going to dream about that girl all night. And they were talking about it all day to the next day. And there's so many interesting dynamics because they kept being like, they kept being like, oh, you have to go talk to her. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to fucking bother this girl in the mariachi band here. And they were like, well, you're never going to get a girlfriend with that attitude. And I'm like, yeah, so I'll, I mean, I guess I'll never have a girlfriend. It's, it's fine. But then my aunt has like no fucking sense of private space and she's just this most the most hilarious she's so cool and wild and she just like walked up to them and just grabbed me and we just walked up there and they're in the middle of a song and they my aunt just made her stop playing and was like this guy my 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 nephew he doesn't he doesn't speak spanish but he's in love with you what's your name and she's like, my name is Estefani. Her name is Estefani, but, but it's funny. So like emasculating and weird and like, like I'm a weird child because I can't speak the language. So I'm just standing off to the side while my aunt. Yeah. And then we took a picture together. I was like, that's great. And I just had to go with it and be like, if they're going to make fun of me for having a girlfriend, I just have to own it and go even harder and be like, yep, 
I'm going to learn Spanish. I'm going to be ne- back here next year, and I'm going to make her my wife. And then my uncle tries to one-up me even more, and he's like, you want to take her to your room, and you want to violate her? And it's like, bro, where do you learn these words? Like, you're Swedish. Why do you use words like violate? Like, we don't – that's not how we talk. Where did you learn this? And he's just like some guy repeating words he hears on TV. It's like, I don't know how to one-up this now. So the whole time I was kind of supposed to be embarrassed by them making fun of me for having a crush on this mariachi girl. But I just decided not to be embarrassed. And it was a new thing for me. And I think, okay, I think it's not universal. I don't think everyone experiences it like this. Because I think a lot of people just would be confident and would go up to her and be like, hey, let me Google translate a sentence and be like, can I ask you out? And they would just ask the girl out and then it's fine. And then there's nothing to be embarrassed about because you're just actually doing stuff. But if you just hang back, you can like become the object of a lot of ridicule or some shit i don't know i'm losing control of this episode it really reminds me of this tv show that we watched in sweden like my myself right now there was actually two they were two very similar tv shows they were like about they each had like a boy protagonist and the boy would always have crushes on different girls and it just had this like weird mix of 90s innocence but also like rape culture that looks really rapey in modern with modern ethics because it's like a guy in seventh grade just like groping groping women ugh awful asuna that was the name of the character, Sune. And there were all these books, Sunes Soma, which means Sunes Summer. There were all these books, and then they made a TV show, and then they made a bunch of movies. And it was just like this big universe of a guy who always has crushes on girls. And it's like, God, why am I like that? Like, why do I make it sound like I'm like that on the podcast? Am I like that in reality? I think, I think I don't know. I'm making myself really sad right now. This episode sucks. Let's do another water. I hate this episode. All right, let's do the fanciest one. I think this one is called Felix. Agua mineral natural gasificada. God, I hate my own Spanish in this moment. God. All right, Felix... This one looks the fanciest because it's a clear glass bottle with just a little bit of white text, no label. Yeah. Oh, God, this is fancy looking. Wow, that's insane. So I think if I'm understanding this correctly, this is water with just natural effervescence because it's not carbonated. It's like just lightly, weirdly has an effervescent mouthfeel. Like it dripped off of a rock in this form. I think until this moment, I've never known what it means for something to be naturally carbonated. 
it's this. There's some amount of carbonic acid in this, and it's not at all like the carbonation level of a Coca-Cola or something that we're used to like that, that unnatural hypercarbonation. This just has like a slightly effervescent quality, like a vino ver Vino Verde is how I used to pronounce it, but then Michael Herringhaus taught me, because he speaks Portuguese, that Vino Verde, which is a Portuguese, um, well, it's obviously, it means green wine. It's a type of what we would classify as white wine, but it's a type of white wine that has a light green color. And it's actually pronounced Vino Verde, and it has a beautiful, gentle, effervescent quality. Yeah, that's a 10 out of 10. I just want to listen to sad Mexican mariachi music. Oh, what else is going on? My uncle told me a lot of things about how he's like 70 years old and he's a graphic designer and he was there for the entire history of graphic design. And he was like telling me how Back in the oldest olden days, it was like when you wanted to make an ad, like a print ad, you had to go to the guy who knows how to cut perfectly. And a guy would like take a photo and blow it up and then take a knife out. And literally, like if you wanted to take this woman and make her a little bit bigger in the photo, you had to like cut her out and then cut out a hole where she was going to go because the whole paper, you can't put one layer of paper on top of another layer. It has to be just one layer because you're going to do like a light shining through it all te um, technique to... It's going to look weird if it's double layered. So there was like a guy whose entire job it was to have like basically a fucking box cutter or a scalpel or something, and his job was just that he knew how to cut perfectly. And he could like cut any any object out of any image and that was his whole job and then he would like glue that on a new thing and then everything was like so expensive and you had to pay the guy like a hundred bucks an hour and then after that they had like the first stock photo archives and he would like drive for six hours up to Smelland, and then he would go to a place and sit in a room and spend like the entire day looking at stock photos to be like to pick one that you wanted and then you'd pick that one and then you'd get a license for just one use. And then, like, everything would take forever. And then, in the 90s, when they came out with the first computers, you could, like, drive to Denmark. And there was, like, one guy with a computer who could Photoshop. And the Photoshop was black and white. And you could have an image. And you could tell the guy, like, hey, cut out this person. Bring up the brightness here. And everything was like, you couldn't use the software yourself because it wasn't Photoshop. It was like some supercomputer fucking piece of equipment. And it cost a bunch of money to use it and you would sit there all day. I just thought that was so fascinating. And then you'd sit there all day and you'd basically be an art director explaining how you wanted the image to be built or whatever. And then, and then he explained that the first Photoshop was black and white, but then even when Photoshop had color, it was actually programmed as black and white, and they just put the color on in post-production. So you're editing an image, and it's actually a black and white image, but yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, you go, you move forward in time and forward in time, and then there's Illustrator, and then there's this, and 
and blah, blah, blah. And then now we're in present day. And I was trying to explain to him like the AI, how there's now an AI that can, three different companies have come up with an AI where you just prompt the AI with a sentence of text asking for a image. And you can ask for anything and you can be like, hey, I would like a picture of Dwayne DeRock Johnson sitting on a unicorn with a AK-47. And I would like the whole image to be painted in the style of Salvador Dali, but, you know, made out of fucking cheesy puffs or whatever. And you will get a photorealistic, perfect, like, it's hard to talk to the computer and get a good communication line with the computer, but what the thing, what the computer can do cannot be explained in words. You have to experience it. You have to talk to the computer to understand how mind-blowing the skill of the computer is. And so I'm trying to explain the next step to him, basically, because really that thing, it, I like to I prompt craft, some people call it prompt craft because you write a prompt. And it's like the skill. So instead of being a graphic designer, you're like a fucking prompt crafter because you're really trying to craft the perfect sentence of words for the computer and thereby end up with the best image. It's a very strange skill learning the relationship between the words and the image. And like you have to understand how the computer thinks you have to talk to the computer quite a bit to get really good at it. But once you get, once you spend like an hour on it and you sort of understand the pattern of, of what you can put in and what you can get out, and when you realize the qual, the strengths of the computer, it is such a leap forward and it is so mind blowing that I don't know. I, I've almost never experienced anything like it. It's absolutely incredible. And then the thing was that my uncle wasn't that interested in it. And I put it on my to-do list to be like, hey, I should do it still. I'm going to do it, actually. I was going to make him try it. I was going to show it to him because I can't. It's not explainable. You can't explain how good the computer is at coming up with a beautiful high-resolution image for you. But so anyway... I just, it made me sad how he didn't give a shit about the next step. Like he's been here for decade after decade of progress and development. And if at any point in that progress, you look at it, it would be impossible to even conceive of three steps forward. Like the things, the ease of Illustrator, which is something he was teaching at the Academy of Art in San Francisco for like decades. The ease of Illustrator would be impossible to even conceive when you're sitting there in the fucking early 70s or late 60s or whenever with some guy with a, with a scalpel trying to cut out like the image of a fucking die, of two dice to make them bigger, to make an ad for like a casino. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's like a sad lesson in there about ossification and aging where I really hope like loss of wonder, loss of, you know, I don't know. I'm being extremely harsh because it's like after you've spent 50 years in a trade, maybe you're just fucking sick of it, but he's not sick of it. He's like interested in it and he still like does it for fun. 
So it's like, how is he not fascinated with the next step? So I'm going to get it going on my computer again. It's just a little bit complicated to get it going. You have to get Discord and you have to pay and it's all, and they keep changing the fucking setup and it's just very difficult to get into it. But once you get into it, it's the most wonderful thing ever. But yeah, I have to do that tomorrow. I have to show it to him because it's too much. I want to see this old man who has 60 years of graphic design experience. I want to see him engage with graphic design from the future. Anyway, let's drink another water. So the next one here is called Peña Fiel. We were, uh, today we were um, driving around. We just rented a car and we made this guy, his name is Hector. He drove us around and his English was really good. So I actually really enjoyed talking to him because he was just like a really good guy and he was really funny. But he was clearly like, oh, there was one really sad. I just didn't know that Mexico was this poor, honestly. I thought I lived like 10 years in China. And in China, if you leave the rich cities of Beijing and Shanghai, you get to these mid-tier cities that are really dusty and really shitty and really poor. And then if you leave those cities, you get into the mountains. And wherever you are in the country, it's like super fucking rural and people have nothing. People have like a fucking wheelbarrow and a trench of dirt. And they're just like dirt farmers. And I see China as a, on average, really, really poor country. Like the city of Shanghai is incredibly modern and rich and everything. But like on average, most of those millions of Chinese people live in the, they're dirt farmers is what I thought. And then I thought Mexico, it borders America and all the Central American countries are way poorer than Mexico and they all want to get into Mexico. So I was like, oh, Mexico must be kind of, half C, must be kind of lower middle class or something by now. And then I looked it up on Wikipedia, and Mexico has a lower GDP per capita than China. Now, GDP per capita is a very blunt tool to measure something that's very hard to measure, but it is a story about GDP per capita does measure, like, how much money do you have access to as an individual in a country, on average? And the fact that like the US is something like 65 grand it's the gdp per capita and the chinese gdp per capita is 10 grand and the mexican gdp per capita is like 7 7500 or something and it's like wow this place is so fucking poor so i was talking to this driver today and and he was i guess he was like kind of poor and and then I didn't want to talk about my fucking podcast, partly because I wanted to have an open space to just talk about all the people on the trip without feeling like they might listen to it, because I kind of don't want people to, I kind of don't want anyone to know that I have a podcast so I can just sit here and do my thing, you know? So my uncle was like, yeah, you, you, I kept ordering sparkling water and my uncle kept being like, yeah, you review them, right? And because I no, he said that because I ordered an extra one. I wanted an extra to go not opened because they kept opening them for me. I was like, bro, can you just give me one unopened so I can review it on the pod later without saying that last part? And then 
the driver started telling me about sparkling water and how he was like, yeah, Peña Fiel, it's like, I've been drinking this since I was a kid. And like, we always liked it, but then we realized that you can mix it with tequila and that's, that's how it really took off. Everyone drinks sparkling water here. And then he was like, it's this and Ciel. Those are the two ones you can get everywhere. And I was like, so how do they look at Topo Chico in Mexico? And he was like, yeah, Topo Chico is awesome, but you can't get it everywhere. So now we're going to try Peña Fiel. Oh my God. It's a glass bottle. It's fizzy as fuck. Oh, those are some painfully sharp bubbles. Those bubbles have all the romance and all the patriotism of Mexico in them. Oh, there's so much, there's so much pain and beauty in the fucking sharpness of this bubble. It's a lot like a Topo Chico. Oh, this is delicious. This is another 10 out of 10. That's incredible. The small glass bottles of sparkling water in Mexico. Damn. Here's something I was thinking about today. You guys remember when the first iPad came out? Everyone was like, wow, you're going to call it the iPad? That makes it sound like a sanitary pad. Like a woman would have never named it that. That's what everyone said and that's what women said. They were like, wow, what a fucking man name that you named it. And then they just didn't flinch and didn't change it and didn't give up and just doubled down and was like, what? Here's the iPad 2. What were you saying? Oh, here's the iPad 3. Oh, here's the iPad Pro. Pad, pad, pad. And and then eventually we, everyone just got worn down and no, now no one says that anymore. No one talks about how it sounds like a sanitary pad and it's just the patriarchy one. That's all that is. The fucking patriarchy one. All right. Let's review another water. This one, Tehuacan, Agua Mineral Natural Carbonatada. That really made me feel like, like this one is super, super carbonated. So how can this be natural, naturally occurring effervescence? I think you're probably allowed to say this is natural carbonation. Yeah, I mean, this is delicious, but this is like, damn, that's so salty. Yeah, that's a 7 out of 10. Oh, you know what I feel about this episode? I feel like this is that first episode in like a long time where I think I have to listen through this whole thing and just like edit out all the times where I just like just sat here all depressed. Right now, this episode is at one hour and seven minutes. I think I can bring this down to like 55 minutes, but by and that would change the whole tone of it. So with that, I'm going to try not to make this too long because meticulously editing a really long episode is horrible so i love you guys i'm sorry that today's episode was really bad but i don't know there's no but thank you for listening though